The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. You don't want it. You don't need it. But you're going to get it anyway. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Here's Kevin. No timeouts for Washington. Wentz, quick pass, and it's intercepted! David Long with the interception, and he's finally brought down near midfield! Carson Wentz intercepted as time expires, and the Titans win 21-17! And that's how it ended yesterday. Came down to one play. Uh, they would have had a second play um, had that ball been incomplete, uh, but it was intercepted, and the game ended right there at the Tennessee goal line. Washington loses to Tennessee 21-17. to They've lost four in a row. Their record is 1-4, and four, and it is a record they have earned. Uh, today on the show, Doc Walker coming up in the next segment. That'll follow my game take. Also, we'll go around the NFL, and I'll take at least five minutes at the very end of the show to talk about Maryland's gut-wrenching loss to Purdue. Uh, this tweet to start the show, Gus tweeted me, at Kevin Sheehan, DC on Twitter. Uh, give me a follow, as they say. Um, Gus said, you used to use the term organizational loss this seemed like one of them. What say you? Uh, thank you, Gus, for the tweet. Yeah, I don't. I can't remember the last time. Maybe I've used the term organizational loss recently. I remember using that to describe many of the losses years ago. I think we've all just kind of come to the realization that all of these seasons are lost because the organization is so bad. Um, And the games themselves are just sort of byproducts of a top-down dysfunctional organization. And that, you know, barring an absolute miracle, which would really be finding a quarterback in a draft that turns out to be Patrick Mahomes-esque, and that one player at that one position could mask all of the other dysfunction But barring something like that, this organization, unless the owner is forced out or decides to sell, we know this. You know, this is, as Tommy and I talk about all the time, we have to suspend the reality of the situation. The reality being they're never going to have sustained success ever. 
as long as Dan Snyder and Tanya Snyder, for that matter, because she is co-owner, run this football team. So we are reduced to understanding that we suspend reality. We understand the organizational dysfunction that starts at the top, but we all choose together to talk about these games anyway, because we love football. And what are we going to do? Give up? I like doing this podcast. I like having this, uh, you know, group of people that um, listen to this podcast and interact with all of us. And, um, you know, as I've said before, it's kind of a community that wallows in misery together. Uh, But for some reason, there is some fun and entertainment value uh, associated with that. But anyway, Washington 1-4. and Bill Parcells once said, you are what your record says you are. I've mentioned in the past, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think, you know, at the end of the year, you are what your record says you are. But there are times in the midst of a season where your record isn't totally reflective of how well you're playing or how poorly you're playing. But in this case, with Washington, one and four fits like a glove. I mean, this is who they are. They're one of the you know bottom 20% uh, of the teams in the league, maybe even worse than that. They'll play another one, I think, on Thursday night, although Chicago has a good offensive line. I think Eberflus is a good coach. I'm kind of into Justin Fields a little bit. He is truly dual threat. Um, they're capable uh, at running back. Uh, Washington's got their hands full Thursday night, that's for sure. Uh, it won't be easy. Um, but I'm going to surprise all of you today a little bit after a 21-17 to loss and say there was some good in the game yesterday. I mean, first of all, that's the first game they've had a legitimate chance to win since the opener. I mean, I know they were down a touchdown in the third quarter after being down 22 nothing to Detroit, but it never felt good. Um, against D- Dallas, it was 15-10 to entering the fourth quarter, but the offense was anemic. Yesterday, they you know had the big play potential back uh, in the offense, the big play uh, production back in the offense. It was nice to see Deami Brown out there. He can create separation, and he can run a go route. Two catches, two touchdowns, both on excellent throws by Carson Wentz, who all day, by the way, had to contend with so much that was shaky. You know, um, shaky shotgun snaps that, you know, a couple of them rolled back to him. Uh, He had Jeffrey Simmons on the other side of the ball, who has... Uh, clearly become one of the dominant one, two, three interior defensive linemen in the game. Uh, he had to deal with you know a bunch of penalties again, a lot of self-inflicted stuff. Um, I think he had to deal with some down and distance uh, discomfort because of some of the play calling. Um, he had to deal with uh, you know uh, some some plays in which, tr- quite honestly, there was nobody open. Um, but uh, I actually thought Wentz had one of the better games he's had. Uh, you know, the opener, he had a pretty decent game, had a good second half against Detroit. You know, yesterday was, you know, kind of what you thought you would get with Carson Wentz. You would get a guy that's got talent. If you can pr- protect him, he can produce some good things. Um, if you protect him, you have the capability to do things that you haven't been able to do in a couple of years. You know, he showed off his his arm on big shots. He extended, by the way, more plays yesterday than he had done, I think, in the first four games combined. But, 
you know, what we all kind of talked about during the offseason, the inconsistency would be there too and the decision-making issues, and you saw that kind of at the end of the game, uh, had opportunity uh, there at the end of the game, had a big opportunity to win a game with, you know, a good throw, a good decision. You know, I'm not thrilled about the play calls there. We'll get to that during the game take. Um, but, you know, he showed off what's good about him still, and there was what was bad about him in the game uh, as well. I will say this, the loss yesterday clearly was not on him, you know. But if they had won the game, uh, it wouldn't have been, I don't think, necessarily because of him either. The defense, again, third straight week, pretty damn good. You know, there are a few nits to pick with the defense, but for the second straight week, you know, they gave them, uh, they gave the team the best chance to win. Uh, Ron Rivera did not have a great day with clock management at the end of the first half in particular. We'll get to both that and the final drive as well. Um, the team, you know, at one and four right now isn't a good football team. You know, we can see that clearly. You know, they lack personnel. Um, they lack, you know, the really good quarterback. They lack the really strong coaching staff that gets a lot more out of less. Um, they don't have right now in this coach-centric system a really good personnel lead. Uh, they're, they're a bad football team right now, and they're on the verge of being knocked out before mid-October. They've got this short turnaround in a game with the Bears on Thursday night. The Bears aren't good, but uh, Washington isn't good either. And I, I'll tell you, one in five with where the NFC East is, where the actually with where the NFC in general is, it's not a mathematical death sentence, but it's damn close. And I absolutely would not bench Wentz before Thursday night. I wouldn't make, make any of those kind of significant changes. We saw the significant change that Rivera had referred to last week, and I, I think I guessed it. I, I said I think William Jackson is a good chance to be benched. Now, he said he was injured after the game, um, and he was injured a couple of weeks ago, and that may be part of the problem. Rivera didn't really speak to the injury. Um, if the team wins the game to get to 2-5, and five, I'd continue with Wentz. The, the quarterback right now might be a problem, but he's not the problem. They have other problems that are bigger or at least equal to the inconsistency that he plays with. Uh, but if they lose to Chicago on Thursday night, I said this last week when they lost uh, to the Cowboys, if, that if they lost to the Titans uh, and Bears in back-to-back games, I would consider playing Sam Howell if they think he is, you know, even close to ready. Quarterback in 2023 is going to be a top priority. I think we can pretty much come to that conclusion right now. You know, is it unfair on some level after five games and a new system to count Wentz completely out? Maybe, but my gut is, as it was before the season, I just don't see him as the long-term franchise quarterback answer. Now, Ben Standig said something to me on, on radio this morning. He said, take the word franchise quarterback out of the equation. What if you just need a quarterback next year? 
because you don't finish with a top five pick or a top eight pick with a chance. You end up winning seven games and you're, you know, at ninth overall. And you're not going to have a chance at C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young or Will Levis or some of the others that might be out there. A draft that is, according to the experts, uh, experts loaded at quarterback. Um, yeah, I, he's not the long-term answer. I mean, he isn't. I wouldn't even think, quite honestly, he's a 2023 answer. you got to start the process of swinging big again and landing on something, even if that something comes in the draft. Uh, and, you know, you have to play somebody at a much lower expense next year until that young guy is ready. Now, on the roster, there is one guy we don't know anything about. They drafted him in the fifth round, and that's, you know, Sam Howell. So if they get to one and five, I think that, you know, the – I said the competitive portion of the season was over last year on Halloween when they lost in Denver to to fall to two and six, and they ran off four in a row. And they just played really the best game overall that they've played, not saying much, since the opener. So who knows? Maybe they're about to play good football and turn it around and win some games here and get back into the mix. I doubt it, though. Um, But it's got to start with a win at Chicago. One in five it's time to start thinking about 2023. All right, let's uh, let's get to my game take. Pay attention. Here's Kevin's game take. All right, my game take is presented by MyBookie. Go to MyBookie.ag. Use my promo code KevinDC on your first deposit to secure a double deposit bonus. That's promo code KevinDC to get your first deposit match dollar for dollar all the way up to a thousand bucks uh my suggestions this weekend the smell test aka uh not very good i think i was three and ten this weekend so that drops me to now six games below 500 let me just say that you know sometimes when i do my smell test i'll come in here and say damn i wish i'd given out all the games that i kind of liked because i would have done really well if I had given out all of the games that I had written down on Thursday, uh, I would have gotten absolutely annihilated to the point where I don't know if I would have been able to recover this year. You guys are so lucky that I only gave you three and ten. It could have been like five and nineteen or five and twenty, because personally, it was a bad weekend for old Kashian. Uh, and Kashian's going to owe his man here very uh, shortly. Um, yeah, bad day. I think the sportsbooks probably had another bad day in the NFL because I would imagine that their two biggest needs were uh, Washington and Carolina, and neither one of them got home um, at all. Washington had to be their biggest uh, need. Uh, at my bookie tonight's game, Raiders-Chiefs, I kind of like the Raiders, uh, the, the Chiefs are minus seven. Um, and then the Washington-Chicago Thursday night game, right now at my bookie, this is something new, too. You never used to see this. Um, but Washington is minus a half. They're a half-point favorite. Uh, you always had half points as part of point spreads. Um, but uh, I never, up until very recently, maybe last year, saw a minus a half a point on a spread which it makes sense that you should have a minus half point if you have a minus one and a half. If the team wins by one, you win. 
um, if you're laying the half point um, versus pushing if they were laying a point. Anyway, uh, I would not be surprised to see that line at Pickham or even Chicago minus one by game time. I think that people are probably looking at Chicago thinking a little bit more on the upswing and Washington more uh, on the downswing. And these short weeks tend to benefit sometimes, I think, the home team. I don't know. Last week's Thursday night game was the worst. Uh, But go to my bookie if you want to bet on sports. Mybookie.ag. Use my promo code KevinDC. All right, uh, my game take, what I liked, what I didn't like, and other observations. I'm going to start with the number one thing I liked from the game yesterday, and it's a positive, and it's been a positive now for really, you know, yesterday, the third week in a row you could make the case. The defense was really good. Uh, I won't bury the lead here. The defense was an A yesterday. There's some nits to pick, um, but when you allow 241 yards, 4 for 14 on third down, and 3.9 yards per play, you've had a really good day defensively. And it wasn't like they were giving up a bunch of explosives. There was one explosive, really, that was it. That 62-yard throw um, on what turned out to be a, a massive drive uh, in the game. Um, but, you know, Derrick Henry had 102 yards, yes, but he needed 28 carries to get it. Uh, that he averaged 3.6 yards per carry. I mean, if you're going to hold Derrick Henry over 60 minutes to 3.6 yards per carry, that's good. Most of his yards, I think half of his yards, came on the one drive at the end of the first half. Um, you know, even when he got a few chunk runs, you know, eight, nine, 10, 11 yard runs, first of all, one of them uh, was called back on a penalty. But I, I thought it was more about him than it was defensively. You know, there was a third and one in the first quarter. And defensively, they get penetration, Washington does. I think they're maintaining pretty damn good gap control. William Jackson, who was still in the game at that point, comes up, has a chance to make a tackle for a loss behind the line of scrimmage. He got crushed, uh, I I think, by many of you on this play. I just thought it was more about incredible feet from Derrick Henry. He is special. Not only do we understand that Derrick Henry, when he, when he gets that downhill ability, I mean, he's going to run, you know, he's going to run by you, he's going to run over you, and it's impossible to stop. But watch him even in confined spaces. Quick feet, great vision, the ability to stop and start even at his size. I don't know. He's tremendous. Uh, Washington outstanding against the run again yesterday for the third straight week. The pass rush yesterday, really good. Much of it, I believe, I'd have to go back and watch on the All-22, rushing four. Sweat, Allen, Payne, Smith, Williams, Tuhill, all really good in the game yesterday. I really felt that, you know, the five sacks, the 14 pressures, actually didn't even tell the story. It was on 30 throws, I guess 35 dropbacks maybe. or th- no, no, it was 30 dropbacks in total. Keep in mind, they tried to screen Washington a bunch. Um, it worked in the first half, not so much in the second half. So those are, you know, hard to sack kind of plays um, because they're actually letting the rush come in and then you're setting that up with the quick throw on the screen. Um But here's something that kind of tells the tale. Tennessee had 11 real drives in the game, not counting the kneel down at the end. They punted on eight of them. They went three and out on five of them. That's a great day 
defensively. When you force eight punts on 11 drives and five three and outs on 11 drives. Uh, Tennessee was injured coming in at wide receiver, understood. Um, but it was just a – it was another tough, physical, good tackling, good pressure, making it hard on the quarterback. Um, they benched William Jackson yesterday, although he claimed it was a back injury. That's not what Rivera said afterwards. Um I don't know. Maybe you know. The, who knows? Maybe there's others uh, coming soon that will be benched. But St. Juice on the outside and Wild Goose on the inside and Fuller. I thought Fuller was better yesterday. Uh, but man, you know, overall, like John Allen and Deron Payne are having excellent seasons. And Montez Sweat, I joked with Cooley last week, and he mocked me for this. I said, "Yeah, but he, he's he's not being dominated." You know, he didn't have any sacks. I said, he's he's been close so much. And Cooley said, well, great. He's been close so much. Awesome. Well, he was more than close yesterday. He had two sacks on the day and really was close to having a third. He was so close on one of the biggest plays of the game for Tennessee when they hit that big 62-yard pass, which was basically a third of Tanny Hill's you know, overall passing yards on one play. That play led to their go-ahead touchdown late in the third quarter. Tannehill pumps twice, and Sweat is just a hair away from either stripping it, knocking it down, strip sack, fumble. I mean, so close. He didn't get there on that one, and it proved to be the biggest offensive play of the day for Tennessee. But, man, Sweat um, – and Sweat made some some mistakes, had some penalties. And then, you know, how about him ripping his helmet off after one of the sacks? I mean, how he did not get flagged for 15 yards was beyond me. I mean, that, that's got to be – that's got to be a coaching point this week. You nearly just cost us, you know, a quick three and out by ripping your helmet off. That was not a because the helmet was coming loose kind of thing. That was, look at me, I just destroyed the quarterback in the pocket. Um I thought the one issue the defense had was with screens early in the game on that touchdown drive that made it 7 nothing Tennessee. There was a screen to Henry for 24 yards. Bostic was on the field. I'll tell you what, he had it sniffed out but got destroyed by a really good block. That was a tough fit, too, for Tannehill because there was traffic around Henry. Next play, they come back with a really good play design, faking the screen to Henry on one side of the field and throwing back to Hilliard on a screen on the other. Jamin Davis was on the field and I think had responsibility for Hilliard on that play, and he got blown up by a really good block on that play. Um, But Tannehill, hell, I mean, 37 yards of his passing day were on those two screens. And then Washington was much better against the screen in the second half. But um, a few other notes. Um, I wanted to mention that, because you don't see this a lot, but I made a note of it. Um, They never really got super conservative on third and longs, and Tennessee had several of them. Tennessee had a third and 23 Washington rushed four. They didn't do that thing where, you know, you rush three, two or three, and you drop everybody in coverage, and you let them throw the check down that'll get 10 or 12 yards. Instead of third and, you know, instead of fourth and, you know, uh, a lot, it ends up being fourth and 10 or fourth and nine. That's field position change. You know, a team's going to take that check down, and then defense is going to allow it, and they'll rally to make the tackle, tackle. That's not what Del Rio did in third and 23. He rushed four. He had guys well in front of the sticks, um, and they got a sack, and they created a fourth and 36. 
You know, and then, by the way, almost blocked the punt. I just think that that is one of those things where it's kind of, you know, hidden gained yardage. You know, you don't think about it, but most teams, you know, after the check down and the run, it's fourth and ten, fourth and eight. In this case, Washington got a sack out of it because they stayed aggressive. It's not like they blitzed. You know, I'm not suggesting you come with zero blitz, but they rushed four, which is really what they did well all day long. They got a sack, and it was fourth and 36. Now, ultimately, the punt um, and the uh, field position exchange because of a, pe- uh, of a penalty on the, on the punt return was not great for Washington. But anyway, um, I like that. I also, um, you know, made a note to myself that while Tennessee did convert four of 14 on third down, terrible. Um, but the four they converted even, one was on an offsides, one was on a rough uh, on sweat early, one was on a roughing the passer on Obata, one was on an amazing play by Tannehill with sweat having him nearly wrapped up for what would have been his third sack, and Tannehill gets out of it and just kind of pushes the ball to Hilliard. That should have been a sack. It was almost in the grasp. And that was uh, on the drive that uh, Tennessee got before the end of the half that made it 14 to 10. But um, it was a good day by the defense. The defense has really improved. Uh, I, I, I don't have a problem with Jackson not being out there, whether it's by injury or whether it's just because of performance. He hasn't been very good. They made Tennessee earn all 21 of those points, and it wasn't easy. You know, again, a couple of the penalties extended drives and more on that stuff coming up, but still um, a day defensively that was more than good enough to give the team a chance to win. Um, All right, second on the list of things that I liked, Terry McLaurin. Really the the after-the-catch Terry McLaurin, because I'll tell you what, Terry McLaurin didn't have a lot of separation yesterday. I think that's one of those things. Uh, there was a stat that some one of you provided. Maybe, maybe Cooley provided this stat on the podcast that the Washington receivers um, have been near the bottom of the league on separation distance on routes. Essentially, they're not getting open. And Cooley pointed out that they weren't open last week against Dallas. I don't think they were open a lot yesterday, except on some of the big shots. Um, but God, McLaurin after the catch, there was that 25 yard play, um, in the second quarter where he broke multiple tackles. Plus he's so good in contested catch situations, had that 34 yard catch on the first play of the third quarter on the final drive of the game, made the catch spun out of a tackle, got out of bounds to stop the clock. He's good. He's really good. He's not elite, but he's a really good receiver. And I love him after the catch. Uh, you got to put Deami Brown on the list of things that you liked. I mean, he had two catches, two touchdowns. And that, you know, 75-yarder, there was separation there. And the, the one-handed catch he made from Wentz was a beauty. I think Wentz, Ben Standing confirmed this, I think, for me this morning, because I had said this earlier today, that I think that was a check. Um, and I think Wentz had some more freedom at the line of scrimmage yesterday to check plays, and that was a beautiful throw. I mean, hit that back step and that ball came out. That was a beauty, and De'Ami Brown pulled it in with one hand. Um, he's on the list of things that I liked. Um, I thought Cole Holcomb was really active. Um, and again, the front four, all of them, really outstanding um, during uh, the game. Um, there's one last thing on the list of things that I liked. And, you know, this, like last week when I said I kind of liked the offensive game plan, uh, I said I, I warned you and said uh, just give me a second to explain what I mean. Uh, 
So I'm going to say that on the list of things that I liked was what I thought was improved pass protection. Focus in on the word improved because it still wasn't great. Norwell was a major problem for them. I don't know what they're going to do at guards. The guard situation and the center situation is a mess, a mess. The interior of that offensive line has been a problem. It was a problem at times yesterday. Of course, you know, they played a great defense last week in Dallas. They had Jeffrey Simmons and Tier Tart on the other side yesterday. Simmons is just, uh, he's so good. That um, They're lucky Danico Autry missed some time in that game. Um, but compared to what it's been, some of the early down play action worked. The dropbacks were better. Wentz did a good job getting it out quicker, especially on some of the checkdowns. But I, I was surprised they were able to get the deep shots, uh, the deep shots in the longer developing pass plays against Tennessee. I did not see that coming. I didn't think it could happen unless they, you know, really had them off balance like they did with Dallas last week, but then it didn't work, the play action. But I thought they needed to run the football again. Clearly, they did not think they could run the football against this team. Um, but the pass protection, the long touchdown pass to De'Ami Brown, the 75-yarder in the first and 10 play, was pass protection excellence. Couldn't ask for a cleaner pocket. And that's what Wentz can do when you give him a clean pocket. Again, the Titans may not be as good as Dallas on defense. They're not. Maybe not even as good as Philadelphia. But I think their numbers coming in were a little bit misleading because they've got good players. Simmons has become one of the game's dominant players on the interior. Tart's really good. Autry's really good. They've got fast linebackers. Um, they've got you know guys that can run. They're well coached, but overall, I thought the pass protection significantly improved from where it has been, which is why Wentz was able to throw for 359 yards and get the ball down the field. Now you'll notice I did not put Wentz on the list of things that I liked, but I will tell you he was close to being on that list. Uh, he was not on the list of things that I didn't like, which I'll get to now. Um, I'll start with the third down offense, one for 11, okay? Um, but but interestingly, like if you go through all of them, and I'll just tell you like the first few. Where are my notes on this? I had it moments ago. Um, you have, you know, Terry McLaurin uh, drops a ball on that opening drive uh, on third down. I think, it was, I think it was a drop. McCreary got his hand maybe in there a little bit, but Terry's got to make that catch. Um, you had um, uh, you had a, uh, a a holding on Rodgers, I think, on the second drive. The third drive on third down, you had the snap, one of the, the th- three snaps, I think, that came back low or even rolled back. So, you know, they didn't get their first third down conversion until the final drive of the game. It's on the list of things that I didn't like because even, you know, if you don't drop a pass, if you don't get a penalty, if you don't get a bad snap, you still don't know if you – convert it or you know you convert some of them it's still not a great day is my point but bottom line is you can't be in a one for 11 situation on third down offense you just can't um but I don't put a lot of it or I don't put most of it on Wentz yesterday I don't um 
penalties again yesterday. Uh, like last week when they had um, 11 penalties for, what, 136 yards, I think it was, last week. Yesterday, nine more penalties in the game. Um, crucial penalties at times. Washington is, you know, they've been penalized 20 times in the last two weeks for now over 200 yards. That's not good. It's got to stop. Dis- and it could have been another 15 against Sweat. Easily could have been 15 against Sweat. By the way, you had a couple of off, you know, offsettings, and you had a couple of two penalties at once. I mean, the Obata roughing the passer was also a third down in which Sweat jumped off sides. So you gotta, you you can't continue to make these, um, you know, self-inflicted, uh, you know, problems with penalties with you know so little margin for error uh, in these games. Um, next up on the list, uh, I'll put Dax Milne down as the headline, but let me just say it's the return teams in general, and I don't know how much of it is Milne and how much of it is blocking, but Milne's not very good. Both kickoff and punt return units are not producing anything for this team. And I and I talked about it this morning. When you have such a small margin for error, you got to find the inches. You know, not, not the yards, the inches. You know, wherever you can get them, wherever you can pick up some positive. And you're not getting it in special teams at all. There were five punt returns by Milne yesterday for an average of 5.8 yards. He also made a crucial error late in the game when he let the ball bounce at the 30 instead of fielding that punt before Washington's last drive. And the ball rolled down to the 11. That's 19 yards lost in field position. It took Washington two minutes and five plays to get back to the 30-yard line on their final drive. Imagine if they had had that much time, you know, at the end of that drive. Um, Yeah, the kickoff returns. Uh, Two for Milne for 13.5 yards. Jonathan Williams had one for 19 yards before he got injured. I mean, the other team punted eight times and you had 29 total punt return yards. And if you count the lost yardage on the on the punt you didn't field at the 30, you're talking about eight punts that generated 10 yards of help. That's bad. Kickoff returns bad. Punt returns bad. What's the solution? Well, Jahan Dotson would be one of the solutions on punt returns. That is if the blocking's okay. And I concede that there could be blocking issues too. Kickoff returns, you can use Gibson. We saw that in the preseason. By the way, speaking of special teams on my list, Tressway didn't have a good day. I can't remember ever having Tressway on the list of things that I didn't really like from the game. But he had punts that went 41 yards, 34 yards, and 39 yards. I'm not talking about you know punts where you're trying to nail it inside the 20, inside the 10. I'm talking about deep in his own territory. Punts of 41, 34, and 39 yards. By the way, almost had two punts blocked. Seems like the teams have gotten close to blocking punts on Washington. Be careful with that, Washington. Something's not right. They see something where they're coming after the punter, and they nearly got there twice yesterday. And I'm pretty sure I've said that now a couple of times on Monday's following games. Um, Tressway... Dax Milne participated in a problem with field position yesterday. Washington had four drives start inside their own 20. Their average starting uh, field position was their own 22, and the defense was doing a great job 
on on keeping Tennessee bottled up in their own territory with five three and outs and eight punts in the game. You know, um, Tennessee had three drives that started 41, 48, and 50 yard lines. On three of those dri- on two of those drives, the defense stopped them. Um, so field position was a problem. Uh, before I get to the clock management situations at the end of the first half and the end of the game, um, there, there was no real concerted effort to be a balanced team yesterday. And so I'll, I'll start there with my criticisms of Scott Turner yesterday. Um, now, he may say, yeah, thanks. That's a really good suggestion to try to run the football. But we watched the film all week. We saw Jonathan Taylor last week. Um, go for 1.9 yards per carry. The Colts last week overall, 23 carries for 38 yards against a team with Simmons and Tart up front and with linebackers who can really run and who are not going to fear potentially the quarterback here or the receivers that we have today because we have no Dotson, we have no Logan Thomas, and the, our, the interior of our, our of our line can't hold up. So they're playing run on the way to the quarterback. And, you know, that may be a legitimate point that they just didn't feel like they could run. You know, outside zone last week really worked with some good blocking against the Cowboys. Um, Tennessee's 3-4 defense, tough to run outside on 3-4, especially when the backers can run. Um, And so, you know, your opportunity typically is between the tackles. And Brian Robinson Jr. was back, and that's awesome. What a story. But nine carries, 22 yards, 2.4 yards per carry. You know, Gibson, three for six, two yards per carry. Your most effective runner yesterday was your quarterback, Carson Wentz, five carries, 15 yards, three yards per carry. Overall, 17 carries, 43 yards, uh, 38 pass attempts. But really, if you count penalties and sacks, there was like 43 dropbacks in the game or 43 called passes. So 43 to 17. I don't like that ratio. I I would have been – if you told me that's what the ratio was before the game started, I would have told you they lost by 20 or by double digits. Um, But I didn't love that. Um, And I hated one sequence in particular. And I'm going to share with you what that sequence was. Scott Turner got a little greedy. On the drive after the 75-yard Deami Brown touchdown catch early in the second quarter – that's the drive where Washington forced the fourth and 36 punt on defense. The punt was a good one. Milne got his only decent return, but it was called back for holding, number 34. is that? I think that's Christian Holmes. I don't think it's Percy Butler. I think I said it was Percy Butler this morning, but I wasn't exactly sure. But I think I looked it up, and it was Christian Holmes. Got called, called for the hold. So now Washington's starting that drive at their own eight-yard line. So... Turner comes out. He runs Robinson for five yards. Then a second and five shotgun pass completion to Terry McLaurin where he broke multiple tackles. I was talking about that play earlier. And they're out to the 38. You know, and by the way, at this point, they're up 10-7 with the ball. They have not been up in a game with the ball since week one. Think about that. They were up with the ball multiple times against Jacksonville, never against Detroit, Never against Philly, never against Dallas. With the ball. They had a 7-6 to six lead against Dallas, but they didn't have the ball back with a 7-6 to six lead. I don't think they did. I guess I could be wrong on that. But I think Dallas answered right away with a drive that made it 12-7. to seven. But this is a chance now to extend the lead in the second quarter. 
you know, how about a two-score lead for the first time since the first half of your first game of the year? Uh, And at that point, after a run and a passing catch for 25 yards, I think Scott Turner got greedy. Shotgun, play action, immediate pressure, Wentz is forced to avoid Jeffrey Simmons, and Simmons runs him down for no gain. Uh, Wentz is not that hard to run down anymore. Second and 10, shotgun, they're going to throw it down the field again, and Nick Martin false starts the center. Now you got second and 15. Instead of, hey, let's run a draw, let's run something quick, you know, in short, let's get into a third and manageable, another play action deep shot for De'Ami Brown had no chance. And those complaining about a defensive pass interference on that play, forget it. There was no defensive pass interference on that play. Now you're in third and 15, and there's a shot for Terry, not even close. And now you're punting. And the next drive, Tennessee drives for the touchdown that gave him a 14-10 to lead. I just think Scott Turner, again, he might say, we couldn't run the football against that, that, that team. We knew we couldn't. Uh, I still would have been concerned about my pass pro, even though it held up on some of those play actions and some of those deep shots. But, uh, you know, you had a chance there. You had moved it out of trouble. Um, and I just don't like the play calling there. I thought he got way too aggressive instead of managing the calls there a little bit. I also had problems with just the last sequence of plays at the end of the game, which I will get to here uh, as I finish up the list of things that I didn't like with the clock management stuff, end of first half and end of game. So let's start with the end of the first half. You know, the first thing you have to do as Tennessee, you know, you're under two minutes and Tennessee's in the red zone and they're going to come away with points, whether it's a touchdown or a field goal. They're not, go- they're not going to run out of time. Okay, they have timeouts. You're not going to, you know, you're not going to have the clock bleed out without, without them getting points on the final drive. You, you have to decide whether or not you want the ball back before the end of the half. Last week, I you know suggested that playing it conservatively in Dallas against that defense where you were struggling to complete passes, struggling to move the fo- uh, football with the forward pass, that I kind of liked what they did at the end of the first half last week. Uh, and then you know got the ball to begin the third quarter where they could run the kind of drives they were running in the game last week, which were you know run-pass balanced drives. Yesterday, no. Yesterday, they were advancing the ball down the field with big plays uh, through the air. And so my mindset, once it became clear that Tennessee's drive was going to end with points, I want as much time as possible to score before the end of the first half with my offense. And then, by the way, get the ball to start the third quarter. So I would have been in that mindset of, you know, answering the first question, yes, get me the ball back. Get my offense the ball back. So at that point, how do you do it? Well, you know what you want to do because you're decisive. You want the ball back here. You're going to use your timeouts on defense to stop the clock so that when Tennessee does score, your offense has plenty of time to go down and get a field goal at the very least before halftime. When Derrick Henry runs for a first down to the Washington nine for a first and goal situation, that play ended at at, at a minute 25. That's where I take my first time out. Boom. Maybe even earlier, but definitely there. All right. 
uh, they did not call a timeout there. Uh, so at that point, it, in my opinion, I don't know why they're doing it, but they've decided to go to halftime uh, with you know whatever deficit they're in at the end there at the end of that drive, whether it's ten to ten or with the score either ten to ten or down fourteen to ten, they're okay with that. I wouldn't have been okay with that, but they apparently were okay with that. Tennessee, by the way, called the timeout themselves with 59 seconds to go because they were a little disorganized offensively. So that actually saved Washington some time because they could have run another 12, 13 seconds off the uh, the game clock before snapping it on first and goal from the nine. But then on the next play, Derrick Henry gets two yards down to the seven-yard line. And Washington calls a timeout with 54 seconds left. So Ron... After the first down to the nine, lets the clock roll from a minute 25 down to 59 seconds and was willing to let the clock roll down to, you know, 25, 15, 40, uh, down to 46 seconds, 45 seconds before calling a timeout. So it looked like he had made the decision not to get the ball back, which I think was the wrong decision. But then he calls a timeout at 54 seconds. So now he's like, nah, I changed my mind. Changed my mind. We want the ball back. So now on second and goal, they throw a pass down to the one-yard line. The play ends at 48 seconds. They don't call timeout. He changed his mind again. He doesn't want the ball back now. I don't understand any of this. Totally indecisive. And, and, and the, the, the first time it occurred to him that maybe we want the ball back, it wasn't that it was too late at 54 seconds, but it was later than it should have been. They end up scoring 17 seconds left. Washington goes to the locker room at halftime with two timeouts in their hip pocket, down 14 to 10. Now, the way it should have been played, timeout at a minute 25 when Henry gets to the first and goal situation. Second timeout after his two-yard run. Third timeout after they throw it to the one-yard line. You would have gone from a minute 25 down to about a minute 15 on those two plays. And so when they scored on the third and goal on the ne- on that next play, that play ends at a minute 12. Uh, you're now either getting the ball after a kickoff return with a minute, you know, six left or at the 25-yard line with like a minute 12 left and no timeouts. Plenty of time to go down and get into field goal range. And you've got a kicker with a big leg. Joey Sly can make, you know, long, long field goals. That was not managed well at all. Indecisive, and then he became, like, indecisive, and then when he decided, oh, maybe, it wasn't that it was too late, but it was, you know, later than it should have been. Just completely bungled the end of half, in my opinion. Let's get to the end of the game, because the end of the game is a little bit different. And I know a lot of you had a major problem with the way the end of the game was handled. I want to start with this. The punt that that Dax Milne does not field, um, that hits at the 30 and goes down to the 11, is really a big play, uh, you know, in in that game. You got to get up there and you got to field that punt and you got to save those 19 yards of field position. You cannot do what he did in that spot. That was really bad by their punt returner. And so, as I mentioned before, um, it took him five plays. Uh, you know, Wentz throws a check down to Gibson. Then Gibson drops the ball on second and one. 
You know, if you recall that, um, you know, he throws the quick check down to Gibson that gets nine yards, basically out to the 20-yard line. It's second and one, and then he's got Gibson on another quick, easy dump pass over the middle, and Gibson drops it. You know, Wentz had two or three balls dropped on him yesterday. Uh, And then you're in third and one, and then came one of the first real sort of big decision, controversial decision calls by Rivera. There's a throw to Sims on third and one on the sideline. I think Sims makes an incredible effort to pull that thing in. Um, 3.55 left, and Rivera decides to challenge it. Now, there's three minutes and 55 seconds left, and he's facing fourth down and one off of the call, which was, as we know, called incomplete on the field. So this is, you know, this isn't easy because if you challenge it and some if they're telling you it's really, really close and you're facing fourth and one at your own 20-yard line, by the way, 355 to go. Um, like on some level, I don't have like a massive issue with the challenge. Now, I did not think it would be overturned, but it was damn close. But he doesn't win the challenge, so he loses a timeout. Now it's fourth and one. So let's talk about the fourth and one. With 3.55 to go in two timeouts there, after you lose uh, on the challenge, you can punt it. Your defense is playing well enough to punt the football and with two timeouts, get it back with time. But I don't have a problem with them going for it. In fact, I, in the moment, thought go for it because even if you don't get it, now Tennessee has a super short field, and if your defense can stop them and hold them to a field goal, you're going to get the ball back. You know you'll get the ball back, and hopefully it'll be 24-17, to 17, not 28-17. to 17. See, with 3.55 to go, if you punt it, they now have much more field to travel, and they could conceivably run the clock out, and you may never touch the ball again. If you miss on fourth and one there, you still have a chance to hold them to a field goal and get the ball back. The clock's not going to run out on you. Um, they go for it and they get it. They get it with, you know, this odd formation with, um, you know, basically uh, Robinson Jr. is a fullback and Samuel is a tailback. But they get the, the fourth and one. And now, you, you know, you, you end up with a good drive from that point forward. You get a, you get a first and ten. Wentz, uh, you know, snap that is rolled back to him. He makes a great play to pick it up, and he throws to Bates for nine yards. Then your next play is a run for a first down. Then your next play is a nice little throw to Cam Sims. You're moving the ball, and you're approaching the two-minute warning, and they decide to hurry up and run a play on second and one before the two-minute warning. No problem with that. Let's get as many plays in as we can. We need a touchdown, not a field goal. We're not playing for a walk-off field goal or a game-tying field goal. We need a touchdown. So they get a snap off on second and one. Wentz makes a nice throw to Samuel over the middle, and he gets to near midfield at the two-minute warning. So they're moving here. All right, first play after the two-minute warning. Drop back, excellent throw on the sideline in traffic uh, to uh, McKissick. Clock's rolling, second and five. Wentz in the shotgun again, steps back, gets gets pressured, almost sacked, and makes one of the best extend-the-play scramble plays we've seen from him all year long. And he gets a first down and gets the ball to the 39-yard line. There's still a minute 25 left. Clock's rolling. You have two timeouts left. You're good. You're in good shape. 
you know, the clock is an issue, but it's not a major issue. You shouldn't be in position at this point to be panicking. You know, like, are we going to call timeout with a minute 25 left? No, let's keep them on their heels. Let's keep going. Hurry up. It's first and 10. So with a minute five left, he takes the snap. Um, he's pressured. He throws over the middle. Com- uh, incomplete pass, but almost complete to Sims. But Long makes a really good play. Problem with this is there's a penalty. It's an illegal hands call against the center, Martin, who had a pretty rough day overall. So now, now with a minute two left, you got a first and 20 in your back at midfield. So now the clock is more of an issue. So let's see how they manage it the rest of the way. First and 20, they get 10 of it back on a really good throw to Bates who gets out of bounds to stop the clock. Three-second play, 10 yards. Second and 10 now at the 39-yard line. All right, Wentz drops back, and this is the play where he hits Terry McLaurin, and McLaurin goes inside, then slips outside, breaks a tackle, gets the first down, and out of bounds. He is spectacular after the catch. 53 seconds, you're back in a situation, you still got two timeouts left, you're in great shape, you don't have to panic, the ball's now at the 29-yard line. Now, you really are looking at, we got everything, you know, right now with 53 seconds and two timeouts left. You know, we don't have to panic, we don't have to force anything, and on the first and 10, with 53 seconds to go, Wentz you know, has the ball snapped back to him with Curtis Samuel in motion. And I don't know if they were trying to snap it back to him as a fly sweep guy. It was a bungled play. Fortunately, it's just a false start on the center again. I think, it was, no, actually it was called on Lucas. I think they called it on Lucas. That actually bailed Washington out briefly. So now with 53 seconds, you're going to go first and 15. And here comes the situation and the play that really got this drive going a little bit sideways. Even though they had a chance at the end, they had a chance with less time. So they complete a pass to Curtis Samuel on first and 15. And Samuel, I think his forward progress is stopped, but the referee on the play falls down. He's the referee that's going to either wind the arm or cross his arms together saying, clock stopped, he's out of bounds at the 33-yard line. I do think the forward progress was stopped. I think the clock would have rolled, but the play ends at 49 seconds and the timeout isn't granted until there are 36 seconds left. 13 seconds lost on that thing. There's there's a part of me that doesn't want to kill Ron Rivera for it. I heard his explanation. He talked about how the ref went down and he was he, that was the guy he needed to, to find out whether or not it was an out-of-bounds play or an inbounds play. He was the guy that he needed to give the timeout to because he was the closest. And you can see Ron Rivera on the sideline, you know, um, looking at the referee like, what's going on? Is that an out-of-bounds play? I think what you should have done there is you call the timeout immediately with 49 seconds left. And then you figure it out afterwards. When the referee gets up, you say, I call the timeout there at 49 seconds, but I don't want the timeout if you're going to tell me that the pass was completed to to, – by the way, that wasn't Samuel. That was Dax Milne. um, uh, No, that was Samuel, right? Who makes that catch over on the sideline? Samuel. I think it's Samuel. Um, And uh, you call it right away, and then you worry about getting it back from him if he says the play would have been ruled out of bounds. 13 seconds is 13 seconds, so I do think there's a bit of a mistake made. Rivera seems a little bit, you know, flummoxed, and it was a difficult spot for him, but it was 13 crucial seconds right there. Um, Then you've got second and 14. 
uh, and Wentz makes a great under pressure chuck it, you know, sort of push it to McKissick, and then they call a second timeout with 28 seconds to go. Um, and that was the right play there. You know, you got a third and five coming up, and there are 28 seconds left. You can't try to go hurry up there because you're not going to get the snap off till there are 18 seconds left. You got to take the timeout there. And then on third down and five, I think one of the best throws Wentz makes that wasn't a, a long throw, he steps into a throw on the sideline to Samuel, who gets the first down and gets out of bounds with 24 seconds to go. The next play is the P.I. in the end zone, and now you start with 19 seconds, your first and goal situation at the two. So before we get to the first and goal situation at the two, overall, there were a lot of plays made. McLaurin makes a play. Wentz makes multiple plays on the drive. They they overcome uh, a 10-yard penalty. They overcome a 5-yard penalty. They overcome an odd circumstance on a play that's either inbounds or out of bounds, clock stopped, not clock stopped. I still think I would have called the timeout immediately and then figured it out after the fact. You know, um, and you and they might say we were screaming for a timeout, and that the referee that was on the ground was the one that needed to grant the timeout. Well, they they got to understand that too, and they should have put more time back on the clock if that's the case. But when you get down to 19 seconds, first and goal, I just I, I hated all the plays. You know, let me just start with this for those that think run is a possibility. It isn't. You know, more plays are better than less plays. If you run the ball in first and goal and you get stopped with 15 seconds to go, by the time they mark the ball, by the time Tennessee saunters back to the line of scrimmage and you snap that ball, there are nine seconds left and you may be running the last play of the game at that point. And if it's not the last play of the game, it's the next to last play of the game, unless you're going to run it and get stopped and then the game is over. So the best you can do running it on first down is three total snaps. The best you can do throwing it on first down is four total snaps. More is better than less when you need to score in that situation. And so you can't run the ball on first down. Um, Could you go under center and run a bootleg with some, you know, run pass options for Wentz? I guess, but he's not very fleet anymore. They didn't have anything opened on the first down throw. He's drifting backwards and then throws the ball straight up into the air. I guess it's intended for Bates. It almost gets intercepted, but it got caught out of bounds at the out, out of the back of the end zone, but it was close to intercepted. What was Wentz doing there? I mean, the second down play is... Again, not very impressive. Andrew Norwell, who just is not very good for this team, isn't downfield, but he's not blocking anybody, and he's actually almost in the way of the throw from Wentz to McKissick. The throw doesn't get picked. It's almost picked. Um, I'm not even sure if he's able to fit it in to McKissick right there, if McKissick's in, in the end zone. And if he isn't, the clock is probably going to run out on you, but it's going to be really close. He might have to reach back, and the ball may not break the plane. But he's, there's nobody else open. The, the only play he could make, and I think it's option one, but I'm not sure, is Samuel on a quick out. If the ball's out immediately to Samuel, and he can make the throw, he's totally capable of ma- making this throw. 
There's a chance Samuel can catch it and get it into the end zone. There's also a chance he catches it and gets tackled in bounds, and I, I guess that's what Wentz was probably thinking. Um, Samuel's running a quick out at the one-yard line, and it's covered. But if the ball's out quickly, maybe Samuel catches it and can bull his way into the end zone or make the guy miss and get into the end zone. But instead he goes to McKissick. Then it's third and goal. And third and goal is, you know, the, the, the play is really for McLaurin to clear out, hopefully the zone, because it's not man coverage, to clear out the inside guy in the zone, which is long, who knocks McLaurin off his route, which screws up the possibility for McLaurin. But really, it's the underneath coming behind McLaurin out of the backfield to McKissick. That's what I think the number one option is. And long after bumping McLaurin makes a really good play. A play that, you know, again, McKissick's not open. If he catches it, it may not be a touchdown anyway, and the clock may run out. Uh, and the the odds are there, you know, of an incomplete pass if Long gets back to it, which he did, not an interception, but he made a great play. You never saw, you know, perhaps with Cole Turner and his size, a fade. Um, you never saw a fade to Terry. You didn't ha- you didn't have Dotson or, or or Logan Thomas as an option. Um, and I don't know what they would have done on fourth down if the ball had been dropped and not picked. You then would have had run as an option on fourth down, but just not a lot of people open anywhere, and I don't like the scheme or the design. It was bad. By the way, after the pick, I was certainly hoping that Tennessee might take a safety on that final play when they put you know two seconds back on the clock, but they you know but he took it on a sneak Tannehill did. But 21-19 would have been a, a much better final score for me. Um, but anyway, that's the way it ended. Uh, a few other quick observations. First of all, on Wentz. Um, 25 of 38 for 359 yards, two touchdowns, and interception. He had to deal with bad snaps, um, penalties that created bad down and distance, a couple of play-calling sequences, certainly from the coordinator that didn't create any help. Um, had a couple of drops. Uh, you know, you had Terry dropping a ball in the opening drive, Gibson dropping one on the final drive. Uh, as I mentioned, he extended more plays than he had done in his first four games. He threw an excellent deep ball yesterday. He made some very good plays, very good throws on that final drive um, of the game. Uh, and he also threw three balls that could have been picked and one that did get picked at the very end. Um, there was a third down where he missed Cole Turner high on a third down. Uh, they gave him more freedom at the line of scrimmage with audible uh, ability yesterday. Uh, Wentz was far from you know a major problem yesterday. Um, only an idiot would say that. I gave him a B. It's the best grade I think I've given for Wentz. I think I had him at B minus C plus for the Jacksonville game and the Detroit game before back to back. You know a D and a you know back to back Ds uh, against Philly and Dallas. Uh, I'll give him a, a B yesterday. The pick at the end, I should probably give him a B minus, uh, but uh, he was, you know, he was. You protect him, and you know, and you can get some people open. He can deliver the ball, um, but the inconsistencies, as we talked about at the beginning, are still the issues. Uh, a, co- a couple of other quick observations: they had a fourth down and four early in the third quarter at the Tennessee forty-one. The defense was playing really well. It had just forced a punt. Um, the third and four pass had been deflected. 
You know, you could have punted it there. I didn't have a problem with them going for the fourth and four, though. But nobody was open on the play. Nobody. And so you you need to take that in consideration. Like, I know the fourth down analytics. Fourth and fourth, the other team's 41. Like, how much yardage are you going to gain? I don't know. Maybe if Tressway can pin him at the five-yard line, you can gain 36 yards and put your defense back out there. It's played well. Um, but you got to have a play on fourth and four. Nobody was open on that play, it didn't appear. Um, I, I also thought that the uh, the Chigakonquo catch, the kid from Maryland, the tight end for Maryland who plays for Tennessee, that Tennessee didn't challenge. The announcers kept talking about his hand being down before the knee. That wasn't it. The ball came loose. He did not complete the catch. The ball came loose and hit the ground. He did not complete the catch there. So that's why Tennessee didn't challenge that. Um, Derek Henry, I wanted to just make one more point. Just one of my favorite players in the league to watch. I just think he's so, such a special back and so unique in today's game. Um, being 6'3 and, you know, 235, 240, whatever he is, with just the speed, the power, the vision, the quick feet. He really is the, being able to catch the ball. He's just a great, great player. Um, Scott Turner back in the booth yesterday. Uh, we talked about that a few weeks ago. Hopefully he's more comfortable up there, uh, but who knows. And uh, I don't know. The last thing I would say is first chance to see the burgundy uniforms. Um, they don't look terrible, but, again, they look like, you know, the uniforms of an expansion team. Uh, that's it. When we come back, Doc Walker, right after these words from a few of our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Don't forget to rate us and review us, especially on Apple and Spotify. So many of you love when my next guest joins me on the podcast. This is from Cyril uh, on Apple Podcasts. I love you and Tommy. I love you and Cooley, but there's nothing better than when Doc Walker and Coach Sheehan get together on radio or your podcast. Keep Doc coming. Um, thank you. Yeah, rate us uh, five stars. Give us a one to two sentence review on Apple Podcast. Doc is with me on this Monday following the 21 to 17 loss to Tennessee. So I'll just start by asking you, what did you think? I was, it was mixed emotions. I was proud. I'm not mad. Disappointed that the kids 
are being mismanaged more than I am that they didn't win the game. I um I think it's a sin that Carson Wentz has to not have a pocket, not even had a ball consistently snapped to him. <laughs> yeah. And so what Andrew Norwell, he, I'm sure he does some things well. I just haven't seen what those are yet. And so, and that's the management's issue. I'd love to see the big fella allowed to move forward. I thought he could have redeemed himself if we just ran over him on the goal line. And he went in the huddle like Grimm did. I don't care what the play was called in. Russ said, 50 gut. Norwell needed to say, hey, right behind me, and let's end this damn thing. And then we're fluttering around again. It's just so disappointing based on the way the defense competed. Uh, proud of them two linebackers. They finally both played well together. It was a lot of pluses for me to crowd. I was on the pregame show, thanks to Mr. Johnson. And I, I was the energy. People come up. I think it's a practical joke when people come up to these games. And they're genuinely, like, happy to see you. And I'm like, really? And they go, yeah, man. They go, man, you and Coach Sheehan. And I go, ah. again, <laughs> okay. because of you, people recognize me now all over uh, the place uh, okay. Stop. and want to talk to let's me. Talk no, about I'm the, serious. Let's talk about the team in no. the game. I don't want to talk no, about no, us. No, let me tell you something. I, no, I, read, no, I, read the, I read the nice little Apple review. No. But, yeah, but that, well, I okay. mean, that's I got a hundred of those about you. Yeah, okay. But I'm not pissed off. I don't, nothing you can say today will get that to me other than um, I, I set my alarm, for, of course, 530, because I had to hear your, your open. And I knew the clock management thing drove you nuts. You didn't even sleep last night. I knew that that just got you sick. I could predict where you were going with it. I also thought that you were right. And having two plays called, and I've always said, I mean, look, you're sitting there, you're watching the game, you got, you know, you got your spotters charting the game for you, drinking a beer, and that guy standing on the <laughs> sidelines with, a, you know, with all these people looking at it. But I just thought, Ron, I just thought it was poorly operated. I didn't agree with it. And once again, we're not good enough to give up hidden yardage. Or we have no return game. We've been completely reduced to nothing in the return game. We used to dominate returns of all nature. And you were right when you said it earlier this morning. It's not just about the returner. Uh, the kid catches it. If he don't catch it, he should be boiled. We're now applauding people for making catches. This, is, this league's about making plays. And you don't have a playmaker in that position. And they got I haven't looked at it as you have, but I'm sure I'll find some missed blocks. Why do we get pressured when other people aren't pressured? So, uh, and Sweat showed up. I had my, you have your top three things, and, and I've stole one of your gigs on that and said, look, these three people have got to play well in order for us to win. And Montez Sweat was one of those. Norwell was the other one and Wentz. If those three guys don't have their best game, we have no shot at winning. And Sweat showed up. He was a tenth of a second, as he always is, away on the long bomb. Uh, there was a poor a duck that ended up in their hand because the receivers are trained to tr to find the ball. 
DBs aren't, clearly. And I've seen them practice, so have you. They work on ball drills. What a prime example of who was the receiver and who was the defender. That guy tracked that dead duck and made it, and our guy, you know, he hadn't found one all year. So, <laughs> no, it's just, no, I'm just going to be funny. It's a yeah, fact. McCain. And so, we got to keep coaching him up. And uh, 29 shows some life. And I'm really not even sick this morning. I'm disappointed. But I don't have time to, to dwell in that because it's bear week. And we got a layup. Now, if we blow this <laughs> layup. layup? They, they're not a layup. They think we're a layup. It's the Bears. It, in my, it, come on, it's Mike Bird's Bears. It's a layup. Well, I mean. And, 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 and uh, you, but see, you, you, I know you're hurt. And listen. I'm not hurt I at all. Your pain. Oh, you, yes, you are. Oh, I feel I'm, your pain. Oh, my God. I feel your pain. You've said Look, two, man. You've, you've said two things already. That are that are funny to me. Number one, I always I always laugh because you were there for this. I was killing, I think Jay Gruden or maybe it was Mike. I it could have been Mike Shanahan on Clock Management one day on the show, and yeah, show's yeah. over, and I'm walking out of the studios, and Coach he stops me dead in your in my tracks, and he said, "So you know, as he would say, mf'er, uh-huh. you think yeah. you, you think you could do that better if you were." You know, if you were on the sidelines and had to make the decisions in the heat of the moment, and then he just right. started laughing. He starts laughing to himself <laughs> and walks into the studio. He goes, "Come on, Mama, there's no chance." Yeah. And I and I just said to him, I said, because I was, I think you and, and maybe Brian. I said, not only do yeah. I think I would get it right, I know I would get it right. And he said he just started laughing, and then I started laughing, and that was it. So that's number one. <clears throat> number two yeah. is this. I'm I'm not I slept like a baby last night. I told you before. I told you this already. And this happened again to me the other day. It's Friday. Text message from yeah. a buddy of mine who used to be season <laughs> ticket holder the whole thing. Hey, I got a tea time at 11:30. You want to play on Sunday? And I said, "No, man. I I got to watch a game. I got to work." Oh, that's right. That's right. They're playing on Sunday. Another text came in a few minutes later. Hey, I got you want to play early? Um, you know, ten like nine a.m. We'll be done by one. We'll miss the first half. We can catch the second half. No, man, I, I got to watch the game. Uh, third text came in. What are you doing Sunday? What about playing golf Sunday afternoon? It's supposed to be beautiful. And I like these are three guys, and this happens all the time now. All right, guys that used to be. Like 9 a.m., we start making cocktails. We're going, we're going somewhere for yeah. drinks before the game, or we're going to, to tailgate, or if it's a road game, no. we're all getting together. No, they don't even, they barely even know the game was scheduled. This I is know. what's happened. What's left is, I mean, uh, God bless them, bless their hearts for being out there. But no, I don't lose any sleep over this anymore. You know I don't care like I used to care. You don't care don't like know. you used to care. You, you, know, you don't. But anyway. You know, I'm, I'm, but, but I care about our fans. I did do this. What? I haven't quit on them. The fan base, um, the people that supported us, it's my obligation to support the kids, no matter if I think the parents are drunk. But I still <laughs> have to... I still have to take care of the kids, and I thought their effort, I mean, Allen and Payne oh. and Smith-Williams, the whole front four showed yeah. up. Oh, Obata is improving. See, I'm looking at this as futures, and I look at this going, these people come in our town, they rob 
killage, and they leave. But we're still here. And this is another, and if it's a circus act that comes and goes, so what? I'm not even, I'm not in it. I'm not going to allow, allow them to steal my joy. See, you're joyless now. This is just a job to you now. <laughs> I don't want to be that. Well, it would be no, it better is. if they I, won. I know it, is. it would be better if they won. And, and yeah, by the way, I picked, them, I picked them yesterday and I picked them last week. So, And I bet on them last week and this week. So I was really mm-hmm. invested in the last two games. But you know what you do? I agree. You know, you know what you do? And you do this every year. I mean, this has been going on for 10 years. And that is, you know, uh, in 2014, it, it, it's October. I'm already on 15. You know, twenty twenty. Uh, let's go to twenty eighteen. <laughs> yeah, I'm already true. on nineteen, and it's October. That's We're true. already on twenty three, and it's not even mid October. I, I understand that, but what do you want me to do? I can't quit. That's not going to happen. I'm not going to give up on the kids, and I'm not going to let these drunks ruin these kids' experience. Who's, if I can help it, who's who's the, okay? Who's the biggest? The who's the, the biggest drunk? After Dan, after the adults, after, after the Dan. Well, the adults. Yeah. The whole thing is one. I don't separate them. Oh, you got to. That's the, that's what's unfortunate. No, I don't. They're all the same. It's all the same. Why? Because they're just taking the I was money. Hoping, knowing I was, it won't work. I was hoping it. I, I was hoping it wasn't. Mm-hmm. I really wasn't. I don't blame Dan's a businessman. This is a great business investment. He hit. He hit the gold mine. If he's got thick skin or he can go hide on a boat, he's got it made. Because if you're not in the fire and you're in another country in another time, who cares? He just made a great financial investment for his family. I ain't mad at him. And then the rest of the people come around here, and we're like they're vultures. And we're prey. And they come in, eat, go home, they'll have their wings clipped, and another group will come in here. This is what happens here. We're like Graham Central Station. People run through it, do their thing, and run on out. Mm-hmm. New group comes in, and we go, and eventually, we'll get lucky like Philadelphia did. The Giants. Fred Flintstone in Dallas has got <laughs> something going well. So, oh, what's so funny? You always, <clears throat> I know I'm a joke to you, and I'm sorry. It's totally okay. <laughs> I hope it's okay. Oh, stop. But but I'm just I'm just I'm not look. I don't mind filling in. Yeah, uh, this right. is big because no. I'm my my I, te- my I texted you media. a week ago to say, can you do next no, Monday? No, you Because if I don't no, get because I got because no, I, I got to give you. No, you okay, didn't. nobody well, nobody wants to hear this. So you, you're missing one thing, and I'm not disputing the fact that you know each group comes in and they're getting paid, and after a yeah, while they they, they realize. Yeah they're in a very dysfunctional situation and perhaps they're contributing to it, you know, but there's one, there's one constant over 23 years. There's only one person who's been here for the whole thing. There's only one person that's made all those hires. There's only one person that's overseen this whole thing. Right. Good, good organizations, good businesses um, are good because they start with good at the top. And this organization stinks from the head down. So yeah, well, it's not going to change until you change the head because it's rotted out, um, and you find a new fish with a new head that's spry and lively. Uh, it's always going to be the same. Now, specific to yesterday's game, though, um, mm-hmm. I I thought the defense and and Sweat made some mistakes, jumped off sides a couple times, took his helmet so off after helmet that one thing. song. I mean, well, come on, man! It Can't. shows you who he is. Now, he t- Look, he's not hiding who he is. 
That's <laughs> yeah, but, what they got to work with. But the flag, if yeah, the flag had come up, State. yeah, Mississippi State. Speaking of Mississippi, Mississippi State, State. How, how good is Jeffrey Simmons? <laughs> I'm gonna tell you something, man. Loaded, and I said this to Smoot. Mississippi State is loaded, loaded He's with defensive Fred's players for right. years. Yeah. They got people. They let me tell you something. They they and if they can get it done on the scoreboard, they're gonna be really good because they recruit their butts off. And when they get the talent, they get the best out of the talent. And I say this to Fred all the time. Smooth's right. He was right. The league is littered with great Bulldogs. Yeah. They play. Now, if they can ever pull together as a team and win, then, boy, they're going to be hard. They're going to be a hard out. No, I ain't mad. But I, this kid played his butt off. He hustles. He's hard to dislike because he gives you everything. I have to say I got to make sure – the instructions are being carried out because he's he. I, I I can't be mad at him. And if we ever get the other kid back, the Buckeye. Yeah. And if when it, when that happens, and he gets in the football shape, then as they close out the year, because they're playing for job. Everybody's playing then for security. If they're not in the race, you're playing for security. At this point, um, not even my focus. My focus is Thursday. I'm glad it's a short week. Because I'd be, I'd be angry if I go. The longer I stay on it, the more I'd get. I don't want to be angry, because I'm surprised. Derrick Henry did not crush us, but he's still he's so lucky good. He got a hundred. Yeah. No, but he's but they're the best red zone team on earth. Because they know who they are. We have no identity. Who are we? Who knows? Who knows? We have no personality. What team have you ever cheered for? That you did not understand who they were. Well, you mean I don't know how you mean, a, you mean a good team? You a good team? Yeah, they had a good team. They have, we have no personality. Well, no, they've never. Who had are an we? Identity. We have no idea. Not since no the identity. Nineties. Yeah. Now, well, I'm just saying, nineties had identity. Yeah. I tell you what, you you even understood talent wise, we're as talented as we were in two twelve and two seventeen. I think this talent mix rivals that. Not along the and offensive line, Doc. The offensive line. No, no, not no, good. no, no. Not that. No, but that's a. When's the last time you were able to say that? They've uh-huh. had. They've had some decent talent on the offensive line. We've had yeah. talent. Right. Yeah. But the, wait a minute. Who's in charge? And whoever's in charge decided to go get some used tires. Yep. Instead of getting the name brand Pirellis or whatever the name brand is hot now. That's how old I am. I remember Pirellis. But these dudes, dude, this is a bad deal. He blew it with both of them. How both you... of them, they're shot, okay? Yeah. And we got rid of two guys that you had success with. Well, One, I think, was over. But it might have been overpriced. But what would you pay for him now? <laughs> yeah, but it was his choice now because you were down to one franchise tag left, which was, you know, you weren't going to do that. But um, – how did Carson Wentz that's a, play? That's How a did, bad excuse for him. Well, you didn't that's get it. Poor negotiating. You know what, Bruce? Poor lo- negotiating. You lowballed him early on, and he, then he didn't want to be here. So you know that's what they did with with Kirk. You lowball him early on, you piss him off, and then they realize after yeah, a few years Darryl, they're in a shit show of an Darryl organization, didn't want to be here. and they want to go they somewhere want to be else. Here. Yeah, yeah, and they're all better off for it. No they're doubt. All better off for it. No doubt. Yeah, and that's why our ignorance of putting. A guy in a ring of fame who hates your guts. 
And it's probably going to a Super Bowl. How ignorant could you be? So then you deprive somebody. You deprive somebody Trent Williams who would cherish about. the honor. <laughs> cherish the honor. Who's the nitwit that thought that was a good idea? Well, hold on for a second. Um, Trent Williams has to be on your next 90, okay? But because he he's the best player that's played no, on the no. team during this no, era. No, no, no. He is. I agree. Yeah. No current players. Yeah. Just make it simple, stupid. Well, but no current players. Well, but they had already added current players to the list. But I'm but I'm with you. If if somebody's still playing their career, then then take who's them off still, the list. Who a current player did they add that's not here? Uh, well, they had him on the list. Kirk Cousins was on the list. RG, well, RG three didn't play. Um, but but uh, I'm forgetting I'm forgetting somebody too, somebody else. But anyway, that's that's beside the point. Here's something on Trent you Williams. Need your producer. Let, let me ask I like you. this because you don't have your producer. Let me ask you this question. You're, you're, you're a little different many, without your producer. How many times do you have one of the best players at a position like left tackle, which is we know as football fans is right. a very important position right. in the league? Right. How right. many times do you just? not end up signing that player and keeping him here. Now, look, there were some issues for him. Remember, there were some issues. Oh, they, no, they no, won. he's not in, without sin. In 16, they lost him for four key games because of the weed thing. And, and, yeah, and there's yeah. some issues with respect to the head injury and the, and the, and the, yeah. the cancerous thing yeah. and the whole thing. That I, I, I think it's I very sketchy. I agree. But how many, agree. how many programs out there have a Hall of Fame left tackle and get nothing but a third-rounder back for him? I mean, same on. group that has a Hall of Fame corner that they got. I mean, just say they've done this before. They have never, well, other than Bethard, when's the last time they had a true expert mm. in that category? Been a while. But yeah. that's my whole point. They because they want to recreate the reinvent things. You know, we're 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 going to redefine how talent is associated, and to their credit. To their credit, I, I like, I'm not mad at McKissick, Antonio, those conversions, you haven't won games with them, but at least the guys are good players. Yeah. You know, all this flexing and all this stuff done, it sounds great. They've had moments, but their scoreboard, their results is just not acceptable. They're not a good, the end, they're not the a good team. experiments fail. They're not a no, good team. No, they're not. Um, they're not. And uh, the penalties show it. How did, they don't win right. the battle any week. No. How did Carson Wentz play yesterday? He played better. If he wasn't a $28 million price tag on it, I could have even said, okay. But he has a $28 million price tag. I'm not supposed to have to make excuses for him. He made a couple of very nice throws. But that's what he's supposed to do. But we judge quarterbacks by the final score. And when you get on a two-yard line, then even if – I'm not blaming the sidelines. My God. But the quarterback has got to at some point go, this is my team, my time, i got to do what I think is right. You think the Bulls would have not had Jordan make the last shot? That's how sinful that was. What was? I'm losing with 17. That whole cluster F on the two-yard line defines how we're operated. That was the moment of truth. Once again – Disastrous. Would you have thrown a fade to seventeen? What would you have done? I'd have gotten seventeen involved. I guarantee you that. If I lose, I'm losing with Terry, and I'm losing with eight over the top, a la Sam Bam Cunningham. 
See, the one thing they can't stop, and they can't stop him in the air. See, and I would say, and I'm in Norwell, I'm a big fella. I'm going behind you. <laughs> you are? You're Moment going, of truth. You're going behind 68? Yes, I am. Okay. Because that's the one. He, if he, he can't blocks, do that, yeah. then why is he on the field? Right. He can't pass protect. So I'm giving him a chance now to be a hero. And he should have called for it and said, let's do this. Yeah, but you can't run and it. Carson you, Wentz. You can't run it with no timeouts uh, on first down or second down. You can come in with two plays. Yes, you can. No, you can't. Yes, you can. Because no. you would have anticipated you got two plays called. What? But you're you, going in there. No, you can get it done. No, bullshit. We've been on teams that done that. That wasn't rocket science. Yeah, it is for this you, group. Hold on for a second. Are more plays better than less plays in that situation? More chances better than fewer chances or not? No, I got, yeah, I'm never going to not go in with two. I'm going in you're with going the with idea. two over four. That it, yeah. Okay. Well, if, if that's four, your absolutely. if that's your answer, then go with your best two. Yeah. Go yeah, with your best two. But I, I'd rather have four shots at it, which means you mm-hmm. can, if you run the ball on first down and you get stopped, mm-hmm. you're only going to get one more snap in the game, more likely, maybe two, but probably only one. If you throw it on the first two or three, you're going to get a fourth uh, down, and then you can run it on fourth down because it's fourth down. Mm-hmm. But I'd rather well, have four snaps than two snaps. In that situation. Okay. Well, but then you got what you wanted, and you got to live well, with the result. Got, I only got three because he threw a pick well, got, well, on the third. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, that's a good point. Here's the deal. Yeah. He is. He is. You just got to look at your personnel, and you got to say to yourself, and this is if you had a personality, it would be a no-brainer that everybody would have known what was going to happen. You don't even have to huddle. That they don't. The problem is. These are moments why you have these training camps, why you go a few live plays a goal line. You are goal line. Everybody is. Offensive and defensive, you are goal line. You have to at some point be physical. I know that we're in safety and we got the headgear and we got all this garbage. But eventually, it's man versus man. We need two yards. I got Noel there who's done nothing right now up to this point that I can be proud of. This is moment of glory. Where we going? Oh, right behind you, big fella. I brought you here for a reason. Now, what do you show for it? Why have this big old uh, – what do you have to show for it? You got a quarterback. He's no longer the athlete he once was. He's a $28 million guy. I can't put the ball in his hands. I can't man, have him come up with a play. I don't get Terry, my best guy involved. I don't care that I didn't have 82. I know he didn't play, yeah. but you had 85. So I got this secret weapon. That we've been waiting for holding this guy. You saw him. Cole Turner. Dude's murderous, Cole Turner. Yeah, big boy. Murderous. All I saw was, boy, that's Didier. X, Y, opened with Charlie 10 hits. You can't stop him. He's too big and tall and long, and it's up there. I got, uh, no, come on, man. I, wait till you talk to Christopher. No, no, no. I, Cooley, I, I didn't like the, play, the plays. I'm just saying right. to you. That if you run the ball on first down there and you don't get it, you're 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 maybe maybe getting a quick second down throw and then one second left in a third play. I you throw yeah. it at least on the first two, and then if you so want I to try three. to surprise them with a third down run, but really the okay. the, the rundown's fourth down if you get to that. But the the plays okay, they ran on the this. first three weren't good plays. Nobody was open. Well, I mean, come on. You wait till you talk to Christopher and you talk to Lavero. They'll agree with me. I guarantee it. Well, uh, you, These moments are what you live for. This is what you rehearsed. 
Why are we shocked when these special situations come up with? This is what you're on the two-yard line. And you got nowhere. You got all these big horses up front. But see, I would have gone Sam Bam because I got eight car. Mm-hmm. Robinson, up and over. Mm-hmm. You got to stop me. You stop me in midair. <laughs> you think you're going to stop that bull? Ain't no way in the, the hell two, that's going to happen. From the two-yard line? He's going Sam Bam? First of Simmons. I'd like to... I'd like to choke the crap out of the person that thinks that shotgun on goal line is a good thing. <laughs> I would, I, yeah, under center with a little boot and a little pass run option. But the yeah, quarterback, I, I the quarterback can't him. move. Um, well, I tell you what, for $28 million, yeah. he did a good job. You're going to move yeah. on that play. No, right. I want to just wring the person's neck that thinks it is cute. But this is what happened. It's I'm going to build my resume. been going on for a while, if the I shotgun at the goal line. You know that. I hate it. I know you I'm do. just telling you what I hate it, okay? Because what it te- it's just not a – wait till Christopher, you'll believe him. So when he tells you what I can't wait to hear, what he would have done. Well, Same situation. Same thing with Levero. He, what they would have done. I, I, there's no way Chris thinks that on first and goal at the two with no timeouts and 19 seconds to go that they should run the football. No chance. I will bet you, you as much Chris money as gone you want. There? No. That Chris would have gone in there with two plays. I don't mean one play, and I know you're not huddling. I'm going in there with two plays. Yeah, I but, know what we. But we you got you got to give yourself a chance in that situation. With 19 seconds to go, you do have four, potentially four opportunities if you don't throw a pick on third down. And it, but if you run it on first down, you may only have two chances to get it in. Um, and that's the problem is if he gets stopped, play ends at say 15, 14 seconds. Now you got to get everybody back to the line of scrimmage. You're snapping it at nine seconds. And let's just say you run it again, game over. If you don't get it in in two, rather than having four chances to, to, to take to four snaps, more snaps are better than fewer. But let me just say this with respect to your thought, if your best plays are the eight car over the top on two chances rather than having your quarterback try to throw because you don't think he can throw it in, then I'll take the two plays over the top. But they had not run the ball at all all day because 98 and 93 kept messing up every opportunity to run the football. That would be Simmons and the dude Tart who was really good too. Oh, no, but you know what? It's the NFL. Everybody's damn good. So it amazes me how they always go, Oh, this guy. Everybody has one or two. Even we do. Yeah, we do. Uh, John, yeah, John we do. and Duran can play. Oh, my God. They played their butts off. Yeah, like I said, do. everybody has a good guy, but you got the eight car, and it's over the top. <laughs> I didn't say through. Over the top. Right. Sweetness. over Because he can do that. He's built for that. And if you've got a brain in your head, a football brain, You've already gone over that. You know he could do it. You set up for it. I don't believe they set up for it. I don't even believe they even thought about it. And so if they had a boss, that's what happened. You don't have a boss. But if I were a boss, they behinds would have been in front of me this morning at 6 a.m. And I would have said, is that the best you got? Well, it wasn't you very good what they me. did. Well, I'm just telling you. Yeah. See, but you accepted it. You, you're good with it, so. Well, All right, so no, I'm not, I'm not good with the results, and I'm not good with the yeah. plays that were called because nobody seemed to be yeah. open. 
but I would but but running the ball on first down now means you better get it, it, you better get it in in two plays because that's all the snaps you're going to have. I'd rather have four chances than two. That's just me. Um, as you would say, well, you one of my favorite talk lines, one of my favorite talk lines, but that's just me. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. But see, I can tell now you kind of happy with you. You, you can live with the result. Well, you can live with the I results don't, of what went down. Let me just put it this way. I'm not losing yeah. sleep over the results anymore. Well, but see, that's the problem. And, and you aren't that's either. That's the problem. And you aren't no, either. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No, 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 no. But see, I would rather. But yesterday, hold on, it. hold on. Yesterday, I had wagered on the Burgundy and gold. <laughs> okay. I had, I, I had, I gave them, I gave them out on the show in the smell test. I also yeah, picked yeah. them to win the game outright, which many people, yeah. and you know, uh, yeah. we're, we're all yeah. competitive yeah. to a certain degree. Many people yeah. mocked yeah. me, including some of my own friends and family members. And yeah. so yeah. I wanted them to win yesterday badly. And I wanted them, right. And I wanted them right. to win last week. And I'll tell you what, first yeah. and goal at the two, I actually thought they were going to yeah. stick it in. I thought they, if they would, I thought Carson would find somebody, you know, uh, for t- I thought they'd throw a touchdown pass there. I really thought they were going to win the game there. And uh, he, the, here's the funny thing: we haven't even talked about this. I talked about it in the open. He nearly threw an interception on first down, nearly threw an interception on second down, and then finally threw the interception on third down. What was he doing I on the first believe, play? God, I can't believe you wanted the ball in his hands. I did. Well, See, I, I never, on fourth down, and, and I, and did, fourth down, I would have thought about the eight car. By the way, I'd have thought yeah. about the 24 car because the 24 car moves the pile. I know the 24. Yeah, tw- no, yeah. 24 can go up the seat. I didn't trust them moving the pile. So, but I did well, want to give Noel. I wanted to give Noel a chance. I want to say, big fella, there got to be something you do well. <laughs> Why did you do? So, you don't. Do, you don't take the player who's been run over four times in the game. All right, let me give the analogy. All right, I uh, because okay. you know I lo- I love basketball. I got a guy who's yeah. not a shooter, but he he right. really he's a nice kid. Nice kid. Yeah. Tries really hard. He's put up yeah. four shots that I've said don't shoot. Stop shooting, and he's missed all four. And then at the end of the game, we're down one, and I'm going to run a play for him? That's what you're asking me to do with Norwell. Well, then why is he on the game? Why is he? Well, who do they have? Why is he not only in the game? They got Chris Paul. Why is he on your roster? (laughs) Well, I mean. He starts. (laughs) He's not just getting paid. He starts for you. See, I'm good for loyalty. I respect Ron's loyalty to his former Panthers. Mm-hmm. I like that. I can understand that. But at what expense? Are you telling me this guy's the best you have? I hope. Then not. you're telling me that you then you're telling me that your recruiting of players is awful. Now you're killing your front office. See, I just keep saying, what do you do well? I mean, you got to do something well. <laughs> but but, he, but he does it, and you wanted to run? and you wanted to run it behind him oh. on the final play. I mean, why do you, well, well, you, well, you bring him over to the sideline, you give him a big hug, you say, bless your heart, you're doing your best, there's some orange slices over there on the bench, we're going to yeah. put big Chris Paul in the game. You don't run, you don't run the eight car behind the dude that's been getting destroyed all game. Well, I do, because then now you're telling me he does nothing well. <laughs> so, okay, see, I'm assuming, okay, so pass block is not his thing. He must be a hell of a run blocker. He's not now a pass Now you're telling me, no. No, he's not a run blocker either. I don't know. He so might I go, be. oh, okay. So 
dumb. Well, he's got to be. The big dude, man, can play. He's had some moments. I'm just saying, give me what you have. And so is that it? I mean, that's really what all the – in all your meetings, that's what y'all came up with? If we get down in this situation, this is what we're going to do? This is the play? How many times did 60 got, How many times did 60 roll the snap back to the quarterback? 3. <laughs> I think it was 4. Yeah. One was really low. Might have been 4. <clears throat> I yeah. mean, at some but, at some know. point how do you have why at, at some point to your point, why do you have the quarterback in shotgun if the center that's the first thing that has to work in Thank a you. shotgun Thank snap. You. Thank you. <laughs> It's finally, finally you're back with me. It's the snap. Finally you're back with me. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. I'm like going, what happened to Shin? Okay, now he's back. All right. Good but, God but, almighty. But 60. You can't let him keep snapping if he can't if he can't get the snap back. What you're saying is that that's the best you got. So now that's a reflection now on front office, on all your people and gathering people. You got people over there. Larson's been there. Ishmael was there. You may not want him at the point of attack. Well, then why are you so much in the gun? They're just questions that if we end up on the five or the two or the one, here's what we like. Everybody kind of knows that. Usually it happens on Thursday or Friday. You go over this kind of stuff. And, and so what you're telling me is that that was your best stuff. That was it. None of the plays were open whatsoever, and they were all to backs. And not on one of them, you got a six. Two six five tight end, but this one kid who has a unique skill set. Not once did we consider him or Terry. That's all I'm saying. It's easy after the fact. It's not my job to figure this out. It's theirs. And what you're telling me was that that was the best. Okay, cool. If you're okay with that, then good. All right, we got Chicago on Thursday. <laughs> your, your team, your team is it is a big one for you personally. Because God oh knows God. you'll hear it forever from your boy Bird. Um, yeah, well, he's I got him Wednesday. Well, like Neil. So what's up, man? Have you X Neil out? How come we don't hear Neil anymore? What do you mean you don't hear, hear you him? Got, I don't hear him, but the frequency we once did. Yeah, no, no. We hear Neil all the time. Okay. Okay. Well, I don't know. You've got others now. You've got other contributors. No, I can't. I can't. I can't. Which? I, when I when I don't when you don't pay these people, you have to mix them up. You can't ask them every day. That's not right. Oh, oh, oh no! Wow, you got so much sponsorship. I thought no, you were getting paid. My bad. No. Oh, okay. I mean, you've got. I My mean, best. you're so, charging people to so, listen to your podcast. So, you got plenty of dough so, yeah. to pay people. Yeah, yeah. All right, good. Well, job. no, everybody had to pay. All right, good job. That they was paid fun. for you too. That hey, was, that was cool. That, that was, was cool. fun. Thank you, Patreon. I, I hate it because. <laughs> What? Every time I'm on, I know cool something happens. You okay? Coolie's fine. Yeah, I like having okay. you on the day after the game. Um, so yeah, when, I when, when you're available, but I can't you. ask you every week either because it's not <laughs> yeah. fair to you. And yeah. uh, and it, you're not available every week to do it. Um, I'm always available for you. Okay. Always. Uh, Doc Walker always. is on Twitter at Rick Doc Walker. His podcast is at patreon.com slash Doc Walker, and he does the post-game show uh, yesterday with Linnell on the Team 980 and 106.7 The Fan, and during the course of the week, usually three days a week, sometimes, who knows, four, uh, 12 to 3 on the Team 980 with Scott Jackson, with Linnell, 
and others, um, which is wow. a great listen. Uh, Doc back on 980, which, of course, makes me happy. Um, well, with you on the pregame show, you and Hoffman, I live for it. I can't wait. I, I'm done with you. I, I, I got to go. See you. That was fun. Talk to you later. Doc Walker, everybody. Uh, up next, we'll finish up by going around the NFL. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. The biggest plays and the clutch moment. It's time to go around the NFL. And Barkley takes it into the end zone for the go-ahead touchdown, and the Giants take the lead. How about the New York football Giants? 4-1 and one after a 27-22 win over Green Bay in London. The international series, the two games in London so far, great games. Last week in Minnesota and New Orleans with that field goal by Will Lutz that hit uh, the upright and then hit the crossbar and didn't go in. And man, the Giant-Packer game yesterday was one of those games that for me as a football fan was riveting. Uh, the Packers were up 17-3 to in this game. The Giants had players out. Their quarterback, Daniel Jones, was playing on a bum ankle. This was his signature game. What a game from Daniel Jones. The Giants, after falling behind 17-3 to in the second quarter, ended up going 11 pl- plays, 86 yards for a touchdown, 11 plays, 56 yards for a field goal, 15 plays, 91 yards for a touchdown, 6 plays, 60 yards for a touchdown. That was their next four drives, end of the first half, through the fourth quarter, and they ended up taking a 27-20 to lead and winning the game 27 to 22. The Packers, by the way, in the second half, all right, didn't run their 11th play on offense until there were six minutes left in the game. They went seven plays punt, three plays punt. The Giants were dominating time of possession, and then they had a drive there at the end of the game where Rodgers ended up with two passes on third and one at the Giants six, fourth and one at the Giants six, both of those passes being deflected. Unbelievable effort from Daniel Jones. 21 to 27, 217 yards. He rushed for another 37. He was on a bum ankle. They were incredible in big third downs. They were six for 11 on third downs. Uh, it just was a team that was three and one, and it didn't look like a good team. You know, they they'd beaten the Bears, the Panthers. By the way, the Panthers fired Matt Rule. 
just moments ago. I saw that as a headline on ESPN. So Matt Rule, the first coach to be fired by David Tepper uh, in Carolina. Uh, Matt Rule, the guy that replaced Ron Rivera. Uh, the Titans they beat you know, early in the year in that kind of fluky comeback when they went for two. But how about the job Brian Dable's doing in New York? The Giants are 4-1, and one, and yesterday was really a game in which, you know, they're not great. They're not, they're not explosive. They had no real receivers other than Slayton in the game. Saquon Barkley got hurt at one point in the game. Defensively, they're good. I mean, they tackle well. They're well coached. Um, Wink Martindale's there now as their defensive coordinator. Uh, I, I just thought that the Giant win yesterday was at the most impressive win that I've watched so far in the last few weeks anyway because it seemed so improbable and it was such one of those gut check kind of a win uh, kind of wins um they didn't they they were banged up the quarterback was banged up and they overcame all of it and won a game 27-22 to get to 4 and 1 you know uh right there with Dallas and a game behind Philadelphia in the NFC East the Giants have coming up the Ravens at home Sunday in the Meadowlands so that will be an interesting game. Uh, you know, I would have thought the Giants would have lost that game yesterday. I actually liked them and played them. They were one of the few games I played over the weekend that I actually won. I took them plus the eight and a half it went to at one point. Uh, so I was kind of rooting for them to hang in there, obviously. But um, really impressive uh, across the board for them. Really incredible job Brian Dable's doing early. It wasn't hard to upgrade that coaching situation because Joe Judge was such a nincompoop as a head coach. Uh, But, man, Dable's got Daniel Jones playing the best ball of his career. And the Giants are tough. They're physical. They're banged up. They don't have a lot of math. You know, they don't have a significant number of playmakers on offense except for Saquon. Um, But that was a really, really impressive win. All right, now let's go out to L.A. uh, to SoFi for the Rams and the Cowboys. Third and one, fake pressure comes. Stafford is buried. Ball is out. It's picked up by Dallas. Rumbling for the end zone is Lawrence. He's going to get there for the touchdown. That play came very early in the game on the Rams' opening drive, still 13 minutes left in the first quarter, Demarcus Lawrence picking up that fumble and returning it for a touchdown. The Cowboys' defense is lights out. There's no other way to say it. They're one of the best defensive football teams in the league. They're well-coached. Micah Parsons, two more sacks uh, yesterday. Um, and the Cowboys are 4-1 and one with Cooper Rush at quarterback. This was not like a stellar day for them offensively. Um, uh, Cooper rushed through for just 102 yards, completed just 10 passes. But Tony Pollard ripped off a 57-yard touchdown run, eight carries, 86 yards. Zeke, you know, had 78 yards. They rushed for a buck 63. Um, you know, they only had 239 total offensive yards. Uh, but they got three turnovers. Stafford lost two fumbles, including the the fumble that got picked up and run back. He had an interception. They sacked him five times. The Cowboys defensively are really carrying that team, but Cooper Rush has been great, and their running attack looks solid. Now, next week, Dallas and Philadelphia, Sunday night football. Um, Will Dak Prescott be back? Uh, It sounds like they're hedging a little bit that he won't. Um, they, you know, it sounded like that he would uh, before the Rams game that he would be back for the Philadelphia game, but looked. It sounded like they were leaning a little bit, like Cooper Rush may get one more start. 
uh, for the Cowboys. They're at Philly at the link next Sunday night for Sunday night football uh, between the undefeated Eagles. Get to them in a second, and the Cowboys who are 4-1. But, man, uh, the NFL, Cooper Rush, four starts uh, this year, one last year. He's 5-0 and as a starter. The defense has clearly carried them, you know, 20-17, to 23-16, to 25-10, 22-10. The Cowboys defensively are top three in the league. It's going to carry them all year long, but their running game is really in gear right now. Their play action off of it working. Um, when Dak gets back, you'd think he adds, you know, a much bigger element than what they've had at quarterback. But Cooper Rush has done a nice job. Cowboys four and one. Let's go to Arizona for the Eagles and the Cardinals. And tie this up with 22 seconds remaining. It's up there. It's out there. Unreal. And it's no good in the direction he had trouble with before the game. Interesting end-of-game situation there. Uh, Amendola, their kicker, misses from 43 yards out with 22 seconds to go. Arizona on third down, um, uh, on second and 10. Uh, Kyler Murray scrambled, could have easily gotten the first down, but went into a slide at the nine-yard mark with no timeouts left. They spiked it on third down, thinking that it was first down. And then they had to bring out the kicker uh, on fourth and one at the Philly 25-yard line to kick a 43-yard field goal. I'm sure they would have liked more time to get more yards and potentially even a touchdown to win the game in regulation. And it was funny, right before the Amendola kick, they had showed him in warm-ups pushing each one of those kicks uh, wide right, and he did the same thing. Pushed it wide right. Philly survives 20-17. to The only undefeated team is still undefeated. Hurts threw for 239, rushed for 61 on the day. Um, Arizona was really good defensively uh, in this game. Um, Holding Philadelphia to 357 total yards below their average, uh, well below their average on the ground. Philadelphia rushed for 139 yards in the game. Sanders had 58 yards on 15 carries. But I'll tell you what, man, the guy that's becoming big time, and it's not surprising to me, um, he, you know, the rookie year last year was much different, but Devontae Smith right now, uh, another 10 catches, two weeks after eight catches against Washington. Um, Devontae Smith is quite the possession receiver, didn't have a touchdown. Um, he's obviously not the big-time deep threat maybe that A.J. Brown is, but he can be. He can go deep. Uh, but um, the Eagles survive 20-17 to 17 on the road against the Cardinals. By the way, I would point out that in watching kind of the game on red zone, it seemed like uh, there were at least three or four just flat-out drop passes by Eagles uh, receivers. Uh, but anyway, Cardinals dropped to 2-3, and three, Eagles 5-0, and oh, and as mentioned, Eagles and Cowboys in a big one next Sunday night. Let's go to the Sunday nighter in Baltimore, Justin Tucker on for a game-winning field goal. From 43, Nick Moore snaps it, Jordan Stout holds it, Justin Tucker wins it for Baltimore! Justin Tucker from 43 yards out at the gun. Baltimore wins it 19 to 17. Interesting situation. Baltimore on their previous offensive drive had a fourth and goal um, at the t- uh, a fourth and one, excuse me, fourth and one at the Cincinnati three yard line up 13 to 10. Last week, remember, analytics, analytics, analytics. Uh, and they went for it, and you know uh, Jackson threw an interception in a tie game rather than kicking the field goal. In this particular case, they kicked the field goal, uh, went up sixteen to ten. So 
When they got the ball back after Cincinnati took the lead 17-16, they only needed a field goal to win the game. Uh, and they got it, and they are in first place in the AFC North uh, at 3-2. and two. All right, let's go to Tampa for the most controversial call, maybe, of the season. Tom Brady on third down, scans the field, and gets sacked! Brady Jarrett brings him down! But then a flag flies! A flag comes out at the end of the play. Oh, my goodness. This is going to go on Atlanta, breaking Falcons' hearts. Grady Jarrett called for roughing the passer on Tom Brady on a third and five at the Atlanta 47 with 3.03 to go. Would have been a sack. Uh, They would have had to punt it back to a team that had scored 15 points on its last two possessions. By the way, just so you know, Atlanta down 21-7, scored a touchdown. Remember the two-point analytics when you're down 14 and you score um, to close the gap to eight. Uh, Two-point analytics say go for the two. The the Falcons did it against the Rams a few weeks ago, made it, and then had had, got the ball back down 31-25 with a chance to win, ended up losing that game. Um, yesterday, they went for the two, down 21-7 to with four minutes to go in the game. They made it, and so it was 21-15, to not 21-14. to And uh, they were about to get the ball back again. Um, and in this case, they would have had three minutes to go and a, a chance to go down the field and take the lead in the NFC South. And that roughing the passer was called against Grady Jarrett, who, by the way, is having another great season. Uh, that's one of the worst calls I have ever seen. No exaggeration. I know we are off the Tua getting slammed to the ground a few weeks ago. I know Brady's 45 years old, but there was no hitting the ground with the head. It was a textbook tackle. He flung him to the ground because he is Brady, and if you don't fling him to the ground, who knows? He might have chucked the ball down the field to Mike Evans. It was textbook in every possible way, and Jerome Boger called roughing the passer and then defended it after the game, said that he saw a, an unnecessary uh, uh, flinging to the ground of a quarterback um, rather than uh, you know uh, an easier tackle, I guess. Bottom line is they ran the clock out. They made another first down, and they were able to run the clock out uh, and Atlanta never touched the ball. Look, you, you, on these 15-yard automatic first-down penalties, I think they've got to go to some kind of review ability. You know, whether that's you know the the a referee review from New York uh, to basically pick up the flag, but that call. Think about this. I know it's early in the season, but Arthur Smith, who's doing a great job in Atlanta this year. Um, they if they go down and they win that game, that that's the possibility right there of being in the lead in the NFC South with a game up on the Bucks, head to head, game up overall, and the head to head advantage. Uh, you know they'd be looked at as the early surprise team of the year, and maybe they don't go down and score against a very good defensive team, obviously in Tampa, but they had just scored on the previous two drives. You cannot allow that call to stand. Jerome Boger, who's really and truly one of the worst referees in the game, you cannot allow Jerome Boger to potentially derail a season. You get to the end of the season, and that call may loom big for Atlanta, whether it's in the division or for a wild card spot, and maybe it's wishful thinking uh, as it relates to Atlanta. That is horrendous.
one of the worst calls really anybody's ever seen. And I know it's the backdrop of Tua and the head injury and the whole thing. By the way, the the NFL changed its protocol. They said that the uh, neurosurgeon and the team doctor followed protocol correctly, and the Dolphins and the NFL and Dr. Sills are still saying that it was not a concussion. Um, while the NFLPA believes it was a concussion, whatever. They they introduced this uh, notion of if you have what's called, I think it's atax, ataxia or something like that, meaning you've lost some motor skills, you're automatically out. Even if it's not a concussion, you're automatically out. Um, so, uh, you know, we've got all this as a backdrop, but come on, man. That's textbook tackle, textbook sack. Atlanta's got a chance to win the game now. And Jerome Boger took that chance away. I think on automatic first down calls, these are calls that be that should be subject to review. I don't want a lot more review in, in the game, but I think the ones that result in an automatic first down that can essentially end the game for the team that gets the benefit of the call when the call is terrible, we need to see that call overturned. So I would look at automatic first down penalties – which would be that are subjective, understood, that could be reviewed by you know the the group in New York, and you either pick up the flag or you let the flag stand. And it's got to be obvious, okay? It's got to be obvious, conclusive evidence, like yesterday was that that was not a roughing the passer. But anyway, I would do that. All right, there's one last game. Uh, this is Minnesota taking the lead in the NFC North. At the end of a 17-play, 75-yard drive, the third, fourth-quarter game-winning drive in three weeks for Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings. Cousins trying to sneak it, and Kirk Cousins! They're already popping off the fireworks, no signal yet. It looked like he was in, and he is for a go-ahead touchdown of the fourth. Cousins completed his first 17 passes of the game. That set a Minnesota mark. He's also uh, in the midst of setting uh, marks for the most consecutive games with a touchdown pass, 32 of 41 for 296 yards. Um, The Minnesota offense is not leaving uh, its number one player uh, without enough targets. Uh, Justin Jefferson, 12 catches on 13 targets for 154 yards. He is sensational. Uh, The Vikings defensively are not very good, but they made a play at the end. It was a phenomenal play made by their cornerback, um, uh, uh, Cameron Dantzler, who stripped the Minnesota wide receiver of the ball after Minnesota, after the Chicago receiver, excuse me, the Chicago receiver, as the Chicago receiver was uh, in Minnesota territory, which would have given Chicago a chance to potentially tie the game at the end of regulation. Uh, Minnesota jumped out to a 21-3 lead, holds on for a 29-22 win. They are 4-1 and one, and atop uh, the NFC North. Uh, and it was a big day for the Minnesota offense, Kirk Cousins uh, in particular. But the Chicago team that Washington faces, Justin Fields had a good game. Um, 15 of 21 for 208 yards, one touchdown, his best passing performance of the year. Minnesota, again, not very good defensively. He rushed for 47 yards in the game, um, and they scored 20, uh, 18 points unanswered after falling behind 21 to 3 in the game. Uh, and they come into this game with the ability to run the football with a decent offensive line and fields off of his best game. So we'll see. Uh, 
there you go. They still have on defense, you know, guys like Robert Quinn um, and Roquan Smith. Uh, so, you know, you, you Eddie Jackson, um, you know, they, they have the ability defensively to be tough. And I think they're better coached with Eberflus than they, they, they were with Matt Nagy. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, should be an interesting game on Thursday night. All right, I wanted to finish up uh, the show with this. Maryland lost to Purdue on Saturday, 31-29. It was really kind of a devastating game all uh, to uh, you know, look, Purdue was good in the game. Aiden O'Connell was outstanding in the game. This was a very evenly matched game. I'm not saying that Maryland, you know, got completely hosed by the officials, which I'll get to in a moment, and lost to a team that was inferior. Because Purdue's right there with Maryland. Aiden O'Connell threw for 360 on 30 of 41. Um, he was outstanding. Maryland did a great job against the run. The only way Purdue could move the ball was through the air. Maryland had three turnovers in the second half from Purdue. Um, takeaways, they did nothing with them. I think they generated a total of three points on three second-half turnovers. And that's not enough. You know, so Maryland missed the opportunity to kind of pull away with the three turnovers um, after, uh, and actually they didn't get any points. They missed a field goal. Um, they, after a fumble near midfield, four plays, uh, they got stopped on downs. They, after an interception, they were forced to punt. And then after a fumble, they, they missed a field goal, a 52 yarder with their very good kicker, Chad Ryland. I think you, you, there's some video out there that maybe Purdue was a little bit offsides on that 52 yard field goal, but the play that the game kind of came down to is that Maryland took the lead on a Wonderful 12-play, 69-yard drive, and a screen to Hemby, which scores a touchdown with 7.47 left in the game and gives Maryland a 23-17 lead. The extra point was blocked. It was blocked by a player that was in the neutral zone before the snap, and they never got it. Now, I've seen all the photos, I've seen all the video, and it was a much closer play than we all thought. He was His head was in the neutral zone. When that ball is snapped, should have been offsides, should have been another extra point attempt, but the missed extra point left that lead at 23 17. Purdue scored to go up 24 23. They scored again to go up 31 23. So at the end of the game, Maryland is trying to score, which they did with 35 seconds left, and now they got to go for two. They converted a two point conversion, but a man was downfield. And I think it was a good call. It was insignificant to the play, but I do think that the offensive lineman was downfield, uh, ineligible receiver downfield. So now uh, Maryland had to line it up again on the two-point conversion, um, and they were unable to get it. Uh, I thought actually Hemby was interfered with in the end zone um, on the play. Maryland lost the game 31-29. to Tough loss for them. The tough part for me is, uh, as a massive Maryland guy, as all of you know, is that it's been so hard to get Maryland football some attention. They would have been close to ranked with that win. They would have been at 5-1 and one, um, with games against Indiana and Northwestern coming up where they would have been double-digit favorites at the very, you know, a, a significant double-digit favorites more likely than not against Northwestern at home. Um, and a chance to get to 7-1 and one going to Madison, Wisconsin in early November. You know, with like a number next to their name. Like, you know, at that point with two more wins, they'd have been like the 20th or 19th ranked team in the country. 
And they the way Wisconsin's been playing, and they made a coaching change, they could have been favored going to Wisconsin. Um, it just kind of derails the season to a, to a certain degree. And I don't want to say that in a way that, <clears throat> you know, um, makes, you know, uh, people uh, not be interested if you were starting to get interested. It's a fun team to watch, and they still have a chance to win seven or eight games, get to a really good bowl game. Uh, but you had potential matchups against, against Penn State and Ohio State in back-to-back weeks in November that would have been massive in the Big Ten and would have been big games in the country. And the, the loss to Purdue, you know, really kind of snuffs that out a little bit. It's just a shame because they had two interceptions against Michigan, none of which got reviewed, one of which you would have definitely seen an overturn, and then this offsides penalty not called. And it does feel at times as, you know, the, the team that isn't really kind of a Big Ten geographic team that you're in this, you know, I've called it a tractor league before, and you're kind of being hosed in the same way that you felt like you were getting hosed in the ACC as the northernmost outpost for so many years. I know that's a lot of Maryland whining and complaining. I'll concede that. And the the truth is, three turnovers, they didn't do anything with them, and Purdue was a good team and played well. But, man, uh, it just doesn't feel like they're getting the benefit of the doubt on any of these things. I mean, you got to review – the interceptions in Ann Arbor, and that was certainly head in the neutral zone um, on the extra point. And that would have made the difference. I mean, worst case, you go to overtime in that spot. And maybe they lose in overtime. Uh, But uh, an exciting game, and it's been an exciting season so far for Maryland. They go to Indiana uh, this week. And Indiana gave Michigan all they wanted for a while before Michigan closed them out there at the end. All right, that's it for the show today. Back tomorrow with Tommy.